old days. I want you to remember the good old days with me. You know, and we used to all go to things called, um, what was the name of them? Parties. That's what they were. Do y'all remember the good old days when we would go to parties where people would show up and there was no minimum and there was no maximum number of people, just whoever showed up was there. And we would walk around these parties with tiny little napkins in our hand with even smaller pieces of food. And we'd walk around and we'd talk to people and we'd mingle and we'd visit. And at these parties, we would group up into smaller groups real close to each other and eat the food with our fingers while we talked and we spit on everybody because nobody was wearing masks. You remember the good old days of a party? I want you to picture that scene with me. Or picture whatever the word party means to you. Picture a party. We're all there. But the only difference is at this party, everybody's telling the same story. Every conversation you go to, you're going to hear the same story. So you go over to this one conversation and you run into the guy that won't stop talking at the party. He's the guy that gives you every single detail. And you kind of get lost in the details and you never have a chance to ask a question because he keeps talking and talking and talking. You somehow finagle your way out of that conversation to go to the next girl. And this is the girl that she tells the same story, but she tells it differently. She goes, well, actually what happened? (laughs) Well, technically... To be specific, she tells her story. You get out of that conversation. You go to the next conversation. And then you're with the guy that's hard to talk to. You know that guy? You're like, hey, how are you? He's like, yeah. Doesn't have a lot to say. And so you go get another sandwich or chip or whatever it is. And you start to think how many times you've heard this story told over and over again. And your mind begins to fill in even more details. And your mind begins to recreate your own version of the story you've heard just in case somebody wants you to tell it. That is the image that I'm giving you for the story of Lent. Because you've heard it told so many different times in different ways. And it could be you heard about Lent from a church you loved or a church you didn't love. A denomination you liked or a denomination you didn't like. It doesn't have to be that you are church. You could be totally unchurched. And you have just heard versions from your friends about Lent. And so I know that we all have our own different story of Lent. Because the gospel writers have their own stories of Lent too. Matthew is the guy that tells you every detail of the story of Lent. And he goes on and on and tells you more and more. Luke is the one that's going to go, well, actually, that is not the order of temptations. This is it. Well, to be a little bit more specific, Matthew. And then Mark is the guy in the corner that already told the story 10 minutes ago. There are all these different ways to tell the story of Lent. And so I'm going to ask you a question. Would you rather go to the party with Matthew 
Would you rather go to the party with Luke or would you rather go to the party with Mark? It's a would you rather question. Haven't you heard of that game lately? We've been playing that game in my house. Would you rather? Normally when you play the would you rather game, you have to pick between two really disgusting things. Do you all know this game? My children ask me these would you rather. Yeah, of course you do. You have these would you rather games. It's like, hey, would you rather eat toe jam or earwax? And you got to pick which one you like. It's horrible. What's another one? Um, that's gross. Would you rather eat a, an ear jam or earwax sandwich or a hairy omelet? Both are gross, but you get to pick which one you'd rather. Another one? Anybody? Okay, I'll give you one. Would you rather live at the beach or the mountain? Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather eat the same thing every single day the rest of your life or only eat your favorite thing one time in your life? Okay, you're not sure. Would you rather give something up for Lent or would you rather add something to your life for Lent? Would you rather live your life exactly as it is or would you rather live a life with a different change? (laughs) I'm nervous, that's my daughter. Um, Would you rather have 40 days of Lent or would you rather have... 46 days of Lent. You get to pick, right? Technically, the 40 days of Lent do not include Sundays. Remember, every Sunday is called a Little Easter, and so you technically get to choose if you want to have a 40-day Lent with no Sundays included or if you want to include your Sundays. It's your choice. So I'm going to ask you another question. Would you rather live with wild beasts or with angels talking to you? Would you rather live in a world of Lent or a world of Advent? Would you rather go to a party with Matthew or would you rather go to the party with Luke? Exactly. We want to go to the party with Mark. Mark is the one that wrote the story first. Mark is the shortest one. And so, yeah, for today, I've decided we're going to go to the party with Mark. Let's read the version of our Lenten story with the gospel writer of Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from the heaven You are my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beast and the angels waited on him. Now, after Jesus was arrested... Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. In seven verses, seven verses, 
Jesus is baptized. Jesus goes to the wilderness. And Jesus gives his first sermon. The very last verse was Jesus' first sermon that just said, repent and believe in the good news. I've never written a sermon. That's one verse. Ethan, good luck. You might try to write a sermon in a good verse in one verse. I haven't done it. That was Jesus' first sermon. So in seven verses, Jesus is baptized, goes to the wilderness, and gives his first sermon. And if you turn your head for a minute for another finger sandwich, you're going to miss something. If you tune out this story for even a moment, you're going to miss it. Because Mark does something incredible in seven verses. Mark is able to connect the story of Lent from the old, from the past, to the present, to the future, to the new. In seven verses, we are connected to an entire sacred history from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And the Old Testament references are this. Jesus, as one person put it, is still wet from the River Jordan when he is thrown into 40 days of wilderness. The people of Exodus... As soon as they came through the parted waters of the Red Sea, they are thrown into wilderness for 40 years. In the wilderness, Jesus is met with the wild beast. These are the same wild beast in Genesis that Adam named. And as soon as Jesus is baptized, you hear God saying, this is my son. I know you hear in that Psalm 2, when it's been foretold that the line of David would be born and a God would say, this is my son. Obvious one, Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days. Moses was on the mountain of Horeb for how many days? 40. Elijah, he was looking for the mountain for how many days? 40. Noah was on the ark because it rained for how many days? 40. Not a trick question. 40. The city of Nineveh, how long did they have to repent and change their ways? 40 days. King Saul, King David, King Solomon, they reigned for how long? 40 years each. 40 is a good biblical number. And it has very theological significance. Do you know what the number 40 means? It means sufficient time to do the task at hand. Yeah, it's real theological. 40 simply means... You have sufficient time to accomplish whatever needs to be done. I like that. The New Testament references, they're two and they're big. The heavens were torn open when Jesus was baptized. That's an intense word, very intense language. And you don't hear it again until Jesus dies. Whenever Mark says the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. When Jesus is or John is arrested, it's not really about the arrest of John. It propels you to the arrest of Jesus. In seven verses, Mark doesn't worry about the details because he assumes you already know them. 
Mark doesn't have to retell the story because he knows that you know it. And so for Mark, it's not about the details, it's not about the order of temptations, and it's not about what happens in the wilderness. For Mark, it's about something greater than that. For Mark, the story of Lent is about retracing the steps of Israel, retelling her story, and reclaiming her destiny. I'm going to say that again. For Mark, these seven verses are about retracing the history and the story, rewriting the narrative, and reclaiming the future. For Mark, it's about who Jesus became on the other side. It suggests that Lent is a theological rite of passage, all about who Jesus became. We know what a rite of passage is. It's about when a person is living their life and then there's a huge event that happens, baptism. And after that big event, they go into this liminal space, kind of like a wilderness. And then they emerge with a new role, Savior. A theological rite of passage. I was in my second week of my very first church job. And I was feeling good about myself. I was doing great. It was my second week. I went through the first week just fine. I went to seminary, got my degree, and here I am at a job. Things are going great. Senior pastor walks into my office at the time that Monday and said, Hey, I need you to do something. Let's go outside. I need you to say a prayer for the youth group. The youth group were leaving for a 10-day mission trip. And it was my job to pray over them. I'm like, I can do that. I'm trained for this. I'm a professional. I I can pray. So I go out there at the senior pastor, and we talk to people, and we mingle, and we make sure everything is packed. You guys know what I mean. And a time came for me to give my prayer. So I did. I gave my prayer over the mission trip. And then after that, I did what all preachers, all good preachers do, and all the parents and family members, you start to wave to the bus, you know, as it leaves. Bye. Have a great trip. All of a sudden, I noticed something as I'm waving. The senior pastor's face popped out of one of those bus windows. And he said, bye, Marion. I'll see you in 10 days. I'm like, whoa, whoa. what? Hold on. I think, okay, I'm fine. I'm a professional. I'm trained for this, right? I got this. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal. It's just 10 days. I mean, what could happen in 10 days, right? <laughs> It was a really large church, and I didn't even know all the staff's names. (laughs) But no, it's no big deal. What can happen in 10 days? Guess what? A lot can happen in 10 days. I'm here to tell you, a lot can happen in 10 days. And I am not going to bore you with those details, because every time I tell the story, the order of the details change. And every time I tell the story... The details get worse and worse. (laughs) Just know it involved two funerals, a wedding, 
and a five-year-old that kept asking me really hard questions in front of everybody during children's sermon. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. I was really, oh, and don't forget, I may have forgotten to say this, the air condition broke and it's in the middle of June in Louisiana. Yeah, a lot can happen in 10 days. So, you know, I was really, really happy when that bus pulled right back around 10 days later. Senior pastor got off the bus and he's like, hey. And I said, why in the world did you leave me for 10 days at a church? I don't know. And he said, well, I thought it might be sufficient time for you to accomplish the task before you. I thought 10 days would be sufficient time for you to accomplish that which needs to be done. I said, and exactly what is that? Becoming an HVAC tech? Because I spent a lot of time with those guys. He said, Marion, it was enough time for you to know who you wanted to be on the other side. 10 days was long enough for me to have to ask, would I rather be a person of ego or a person of humility? Would I rather be a person of answers or would I rather be a person to ask the next question? Would I rather be a person of judgment or would I rather be a person of safety? Would I rather be a person to give something up? Or would I rather be the person that added something in? Would I rather be a person going into ministry, talking about ministry? Or would I rather be a person living in ministry? It's been 10 days, 10 days of Lent so far. And a lot has happened for a lot of people in 10 days. Ask anyone who lives in Texas and they will tell you a lot has happened for them in 10 days. Many things may have happened to you in these past 10 days. You might be waiting for something. You might be celebrating something. You might have already had to deal with something very important and very difficult. You may have gotten a phone call. You may have gotten an illness diagnosis. You may have been introduced to something that upset you or worried you or scared you. A lot can happen in 10 days. And if you haven't started to take these 10 days of Lent seriously, now's your time to start. Because we have sufficient time left for you to accomplish whatever task is before you. These next days of our church calendar allow us to sit in that moment where we ask ourselves our own questions. So I'll ask you a few. Would you rather live in a relationship that's healthy or live in a relationship of abuse? Would you rather be a part of something that is good? Or would you rather be a part of something that discounts others? 
Would you rather live in a way that is safe and helpful? Or would you rather live in a place that is hurtful for someone else? Would you rather live your life as it is right now? Or would you rather live your life with a change? Yeah. Would you rather? This is your time to ask your question. And the details, your wilderness, and the order of it, that's for you, and it's important. But for us, we know that story. And on Easter morning, we're going to celebrate who you are on the other side of it. Because there is no question, no challenge, no temptation, no wilderness that you can be in that will separate you from the love of God, your Savior, waiting for you in your new role on the other side. And that's what you need on Easter morning. And so I'd remind you that while it feels weird to live in this season of Lent, feels weird to be in this liminal space. It feels weird to be in this wilderness. I would remind you of something that Mark's saying very, very clearly in a very direct, very concise way. Every wilderness one day turns into a garden. Amen. Let's have a moment of prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, we in fact thank you for being with us and among us, speaking with us and through us. And so may we have a moment now to absorb the details that we need so that we may become the people you need us to be. And Lord, may we begin to take these next days seriously so that we may respond to you. Be with us in all the ways that we may need you. Be with the many people, Lord, who are in fact searching, who are feeling lost, who are feeling worried, or who are feeling anxious or nervous. May you be with them all, Lord. And we know that there are people who are suffering from damage of ice and snow and even hurricanes still. And so we ask a blessing for them. Warm them up. And Lord, we know too that there are people who are causing harm to themselves in many different ways. Be it physically or spiritually. May you be with them. Show them the value of their body and the value of themselves. Be with people who are looking for homes and food and protection. And may we be a part of the ones helping them find places of growth and healing. For any place of despair, be grace-filled. For any place of sorrow, be hope-filled. And for every place where there is death, Lord, give it life. And for those among us in this community who are looking for the role of motherhood or fatherhood, may you give special blessings 
on the little ones and on the parents and on the grandparents. And Lord, for the littlest among us who are the loudest sometimes, may you be with them and may you give them such a sense of self-identity and self-love in you already. And may every little noise and every little thing that children do, may it remind us of how precious you are in the time that you've given us is. Lord, may we dare to believe on Easter morning we will be made new through you. Amen. This day I do invite you to respond to chapel. I invite you to respond to our campus and ways that we are able to be in worship and ways that we're able to be in ministry is through your responses. And so we thank you for being here in person. We thank you for being here um, on your podcast or on demand, but we also invite you to be present in a different way. And so the ways to give are on the screen now. You can give online and you can also give through text messages. I would also remind you that this last day of February, um, we are entering into a season of mission in March. And so we are going to spend the whole month of March looking at missions and ways we can respond through mission. And that will be um, a lot more will be told to you through the, those months, uh, the month of March. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry partners and the different organizations and ministries that we do support, we're going to do that through daily prayer in March. So if you want to receive a daily prayer um, to support and pray for one of our missionaries, let us know because we want to do that. That's just one more way that you can respond. And so um, those are the ways to give and the ways to be present here on campus in addition to worship.